sometimes you have to do that. You, you have to take that step. You, it will never be clear. It will never be perfect. All the options will never be laid out. You have to take the first step. So that's for me is being fearless. Raising my five-year-old child, I never knew the important of work-life balance. I want to create this podcast to inform single mother, lady bosses, you know who you are, that you can do it all. I want to attract all people who create a space for women to grow professionally and personally. In this podcast, I want to talk about fashion, female wellness and health, balance your life as a lady boss and a single mother. Thank you all for listening to Evie Unbound. And once again, I'm your loving host, Evie Jane. Please stay tuned to my next episode as we dive deep into the surrogacy industry. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad that you all back. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. I'm really excited today because today's episode, I get to interview one of my close girlfriends who is amazing and fearless. Her name is Jane Engerton Edingham. Anyway, she's an amazing woman. She's also a mother, and um, she is a high-power woman in the mostly dominating, male-dominating uh, field. And she recently also came up with a book, and it's on Amazon, so you guys all have to check it out. But anyway, I'm going to let her to do the talk because I think it's always better for the writer to talk about why they write this book, where they get the inspiration from, and why they decide to write this book than somebody just giving you my personal opinion of it, even though I know why, because she's just amazing and awesome. Anyway, okay, so, Jane, how are you? I'm fine, Evie. <laughs> you know, with this lockdown, it's always good to see friends. It's and fun. everybody, just let you know, we're doing this um, interview on, on Zoom because Jane's not here. Jane's actually all the way in South Africa, right? Yeah, all the way in Africa, actually Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria. So that's uh, miles and miles away from L.A. So she is amazing when we introduce the interview with us. So all the lady out there, you get to hear this and learn about her book. And hopefully everything she talked about today will give you a little bit, of just even just a little bit of inspiration is always a great thing. Okay, so tell me more about yourself. I know you already. So tell me yeah. about you. <laughs> tell okay. other women about you, how great you are. Let me tell all the women about me. So yes, I've been in the tech space for about two decades. So I, I, I am an engineer. It's always, always a fun, it's always fun to say that. But I'm very, very passionate about women, women growing their careers. So I do a lot of mentoring, supporting other younger women. I'm married. I have two kids, a boy and a girl. Perfect. In Nigeria, yeah. Uh, but I've traveled like loads of loads of countries because of my job. Uh, currently, I run the operations for a satellite communication firm for West Africa. So I head their West African operations. But I'm passionate. You know, I love a challenge. I love all the sports you can think of. I love to cycle, to swim. I golf. I play tennis. We could go on and on. But that's just a bit about me. And she's very fashionable. I know all the girl out there can't see how Jane looked like and what she's wearing. Um, anyway, don't worry. I took a little peek at the photo, so I would post it on my social media. Um, she's always dressed 
perfect. Uh, I met Jane on the a program for women on the board through Yale, and every I said right across from her. So every single time a woman comes to class, I'm always late. <laughs> I'm like barely can get up and just pulling the same T-shirt and jeans, just because remember I'm coming from West Coast, with three hours ahead. But this woman, she's always like put together her accessory, just match with her outfit. So. Beside the fact that she's an engineer, she's a mother, and she also takes care of herself very well. Okay, go on. Thank you, Evie, and thank you for teaching me how to take the perfect. <laughs> thank you. How are you getting into this field? Um, I it would be it's, even as of today, I would say the engineering is still mostly dominating men. I understand that I have changed over time, but it's still mostly men, right? Yes, still mostly men. And actually, it's worse as you climb up the ladder. So we, we normally say there's a leakage. Mm -hmm. uh, research shows about 40% as you go up the management layer from the mid-management to about the top. You see like a 40% drop. But I, I got into the field. It wasn't really deliberate. You know, it was funny. It's a funny story. I had my mom having a conversation with her friend. And her friend was on and on about her son is studying engineering and it's so difficult. And people are dropping out of class. And it's such a, this was years ago. I was eavesdropping. And I just told myself, that's what I want to do. It's difficult. I want to do it. So I think in hindsight, I guess I was driven by the challenge. And I, I think I'm always driven by a challenge. So that's, that's how I just heard about it the first time I told myself I want to do it. Ten, you know, I just, along the way, you know, I, I started that. So in hindsight, I think I was more interested because it was difficult because probably I found that people struggled to do it and that was an attraction. And guess what? You're in it. I mean, that's yeah. what make. I think that's part of the empowerment, right? To take the challenge is to saying, wow, that's hard. I don't want to do that. You almost wanted to prove and then to say, I can do it. Yeah. And when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Because I know you just wrote this book. And what made you decide to do that? Being, and, and you're so busy, I'm assuming. I mean, I see you. So I know you're busy. I know your schedule. But, you know, just what stuff you're doing. Yeah. Just that they can't see my, you know, they can't see the picture. But, you know, behind me, you see all the books. So I'm a reader. I love to read. And if you had asked me prior to 2017, if I want to write a book, I'll tell you, no, never. I don't think I write. I didn't write. But I had a coach, and my coach was always talking about, you know, you should share some of this experience with younger people. You know, you should write it down. You should, you know, write an article. You should blog. But I'm so busy, like he said. Like, I'm traveling half the time. My work covers different countries. And I have a team. Then I've got my family and my kids. Homework, and how, you know, it's, it's very busy. Like, I'm very, very active, you know, the lifestyle. But what happened, I think I had a long break at work, you know, one of those long vacations, and I easily get bored. I think one of these days I was bored, and I'm thinking, what do I do today? I just put up my computer and said, you know what, maybe I should try what the coach said and just write something. I'm laughing because I know that's how you are, so... <laughs> I can just imagine you're like thinking in your head. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm telling you, before that, I just, I woke up that day, sat down, everybody has gone to school, the kids have gone to school, husband had gone to work, and I'm thinking, well, how do I spend the time, you know? So I wrote the first article, I published it on LinkedIn, 
And I got lots of reviews and comments and people loved it. So I said, okay, I'll write another. And I wrote another and another and another. And before you knew it, everyone was like, you know, make it into a book, make it into a book. And that's how I decided in, I think sometime late 20, 2018, I decided to put it into a book. And I started putting them all together. And that's how I made the book. That's amazing. No, that's great. And what was schedule like? I mean, I know the time that you wrote that book, because you had like a little time off from work, like a mini vacation. And since you're so used to being busy all the time, you're like, what am I going to do next? And knowing you, you probably think what's the next challenge that I can do during that time. But how's your normal schedule like? What's your work schedule and how you... You know, because I, I want to empower other women. And then most of my audience are women like me and you. They're working and then they're mother. I mean, how you, how, how's, how's your life every single day? How you plan your schedule? And what would be the recommendation you would have for other women like you to balance? So what I would say is that it's, it was difficult. So I want to make it, try and make it easy. It was, it, some days I asked myself, like, why am I doing this? Yes, <laughs> you're writing on the plane in the middle of the night. So I had to give up a lot of things to create time. Because that's one of the things I first had to do was create time. So I set my alarm clock for 4.30 a.m. I normally wouldn't wake up at 4.30. Wow. Because I wanted to put in an hour extra. And when I would come back from work, I tried to put an hour extra but I couldn't do some of the things for a year. I couldn't golf. I couldn't cycle. I couldn't go to the gym for nine months. I added so much weight. <laughs> you look beautiful. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. But, <laughs> but that's, that's the truth because to create time, something has to give. Right. And I didn't want to give up the family time. So I had to give up yeah. all the personal stuff I was doing, like going to the gym and you know, waking up early, you know, sleeping uh, less hours. But one of the things I also did that really helped was that I got professional help. So my, my coach introduced me to a writer's club, and I think that really helped. So the writer's club, you meet every two weeks, you write an article, and everybody reads other people's article. You give them feedback, and they also give you constructive feedback. And, you know, that really helped me because it put me on a schedule. So I had to write something every two weeks. So that was good. And um, I also got a, uh, like a, um, I got to, to get an editor right on time. And she guided me because that was also good professional help. Because initially, I also didn't know how to start it. I felt a bit overwhelmed. And she told me, you know what, you have to first write a plan to do a book plan. You know, how many chapters, how many words. What do you want to say in each chapter? Let's write it all down. What's your target audience? What do you want to achieve with the book? How do you want to, what's the style of the book? Do you want to be formal conversation? You know, she, she helped me put those things together. And I think that helped a lot because once I had the book plan, it was easier to, to focus chapter by chapter. And of course I had to create the time, you know, so then there was, you know, giving up lots of things to create the time. So I think that was the tough part. You know, some, some days I will be in some other country, weird country, and I'm writing, you know, late into the night in a different time zone. And you wake up in the morning and you go for a meeting and you're all confused because you didn't sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so um, I think that's one of the tough things for women is that sometimes we are multitasking and we're doing a lot. But what I've learned is that sometimes you have to dare to be, 
I say there to be bad. So you have to be bad at some things. You can't be good at everything. So some things I had to let go, you know, just decide some things is okay if I don't clean the house well enough. If I don't no, that's have a good, time. That's a good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to spend time on things that are more important. I enjoyed spending time writing that book, knowing that I was reaching out to younger women. I was sharing ideas and practical tools that would help them in their career. And it's okay if, you know, if I wasn't as domesticated as I could during that time. It is okay if I added a couple of weight because I couldn't go to the gym as much as I wanted, or I didn't cycle and I didn't go golfing and hang out with friends. But I knew it was for a period, you know, so sometimes you just have to give up some things to get other things. And then I like the fact that you point out that, you know, you don't have to be good at everything, right? So it's okay. It's almost a self-acceptance. And, and then to tell, tell people, tell yourself that it's you, you just the perfect the way you are. It doesn't necessarily have to be A on everything. So for a lot of women, uh, you know, hopefully all the women listening to this is self-acceptance. You know, this is one of big thing. And I think we're really hard on ourselves. We're also very hard on other women. <laughs> so. I want to be perfect mothers, perfect career people, yeah. perfect friends, perfect sisters. You know, you can't be everything. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. And is that the reason why, you know, you were saying you want to get younger women, some practical skill, how to deal and how to going to life is that what inspired you to write be fearless the book so actually what inspired me was my daughter you know so uh, if i do say a quick tip was that the name of the book was originally a letter to my daughter she was the muse for the book my daughter she's currently um she just turned 10 so she was the muse for the book because I so wanted to share a lot of things with her. And I thought, how could I do that? Maybe I should write it down. And that's how, you know, I started writing. It was also a way to talk to my younger self, to younger women, because I also wanted to share all those things I've learned. Mm-hmm. Like something I just said, that you don't have to be good at everything. You drain yourself, you kill yourself by trying to do that. Why don't you prioritize and choose what you will be good at? And the other things, let them go. You know, you don't have to compare. You can't be somebody else. You know, you have your own path. You have your own purpose in life. Why don't you walk on that path? And that's what's important. That's what's going to give you fulfillment. So she became the muse. So, you know, even when I have the creative block, you know, some of those days you don't know what to write. I would just pretend I go like, you know, if Sarah was there, her name is Sarah. What do you really want to say to her? What are you trying to say to Sarah? And that made me be vulnerable, be transparent, be real. Because you know, when you want to tell your daughter or your son, you know, when you're sharing something with your kids, you really want to be truthful with them. Did she read the book yet? No, she hasn't. But she's read parts of the book. She's not that patient to read the entire book, but she read parts of the book. She should definitely read a book. I want her to read it and see what she think of it, but, you know, from her mother. And then sometimes, I don't know, I don't know if daughter is a little different. You know, I, I get this 
like my son doesn't listen. <laughs> you know, and then once they reach a certain age, I was told that whatever you tell them, they would do the opposite. Because I did. I was one of this child. So I'm thinking that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking maybe, you know, this is telling her or telling him directly, telling our kids directly, just like, here's a book. And I won't say anything, just read the book. You know, exactly. that's where you just give them the book and they'll figure it out. But I think she loves the fact that the book is dedicated to her. So she tells, oh, all she, did, she did know, she did tell her all her girlfriends. Oh, my mom wrote a book and it's dedicated to me. <laughs> that's cute. And what is your husband thinking about it? Is he supportive of this? And when you told him that, hey, I'm gonna work on this book, what was his reaction? <laughs> when I first told him, like, book. Well, where are you going to get the time to write the book? But he, he's been so supportive because uh, I must say that writing that book, everybody in the house had to chip in. You know, there were days I wasn't available. And it's the fact. I wasn't. I wasn't there as much as I should. And he had to pick up the slack, you know, with the kids, taking them for practice, helping them with their homework. Because I was working late and I was waking up early and walking throughout the early hours of the morning. So most of the times he had to step in. But one interesting thing is that a chapter in the book was written by my husband. Oh, really? Don't tell us which chapter so we can read it and try to figure out which one. I wouldn't say what is it, what's in it, but you know, go get the book and you see what yes. it says. Yeah, I want to, is, is, is that chapter is based on his perspective on the whole thing or... It's based on his perspective. So people are always, you know, shocked when I say, like, when I go to all the media houses, like, and they always want to read that chapter. You're like, no, no, we want to read that chapter. We'll yeah. Read so it, it was written by him, but I thought that was his own way of chipping in. But I, I, I thought it gave it balance. Because uh, sometimes when you share your perspective, especially from a gender, people think it's a bit, oh, you know, we need a balance. And I thought, you know what, you have to hear from him as well. So we want to reach out Good. to both women and men to say, you know, this will be quite helpful on your journey, especially if you are someone trying to grow a career. This is a good way to look at it. So what was the best thing about, what, what would be the takeaway from this book? What would be the best thing that um, when people read this book, what they can take from that? Like your idea. I think one way to describe it is, you know, in, um, you know, uh, in New York, I believe that's uh, New York, you know, where you have the, the stock exchange. There's the statue of the bull. There's a statue of the bull and there's this big bull that was, I think the statue was done like 1985, but a couple of years ago, somebody did the statue of the little girl standing in front of that bull. And you could see the wind blowing into her, but she's standing different, defiant with her hands on her waist, staring at that bull charging right into her. So for me, that's what it takes to be fierce. And that's what I want people to take away. So many things we want in life will look very scary, impossible, something we cannot do. I think what it takes is the courage. And courage doesn't mean that there's no fear. And that's what be fearless means. Courage means you're still acting even though you're afraid. So you go for it even though you're confused, you're afraid. Most times when you make that decision to leave that job, to marry that person, to take that new role, to go for that new promotion, you know, to go for this option, sometimes you're scared because the options are not always clear. You're literally scared. But the ability to do it 
and keep working on it is what will determine the outcome. You know, that's what will determine if you're going to be successful rather than just don't do anything at all. So for me, that's what I want most people to take on because for my life journey, that's one of the things that have helped me. Look at what we did at Yale, you know. We all showed up there, paid all that money, go for all that because we thought we could deliver something to corporations. Right. We wouldn't have the option. We didn't have the opportunities yet, but we're willing to invest, you know, Sometimes you have to do that. You, you have to take that step. You, it will never be clear. It will never be perfect. All the options will never be laid out. You have to take the first step. So that's for me is being fearless. Oh, I love it. I like the way how you explain and define what you mean to be fearless. I guess, you know, you're right, because when people think fearless, you just not be afraid. But I like the interpretation and what really truly mean to be fearless. That's very, that's very powerful. Thank you, Jay. Well, we are at the last of the podcast, and I would like to close off with the last question, because I know this is mostly for female audience, but um, just curious because it was cute that you have your husband wanting the chapter to get his perspective. So I think me and you both are on the same page on that. Um, I would say, what do you think if the men reading your book, what would they think about your book? Because I know this is about women empowerment, but yeah. if the men decide to get this book, you know, for... Yeah. He can argue that, oh, I'm giving it to my girlfriend or my wife. But secretly, he probably wanted to read the book anyway. So what do you think the, the men can learn or take away from your book? One funny fact is that I've got more men reading the book than women. Really? Most of my wow. reviews that for men, I was shocked. So a lady will buy it. And before she gets to read it, the husband reads it first. Like she wakes up in the morning and the husband finished reading it before her. Oh, so wow. I was, I was like, wow, I wrote it, you know, having that those predominant primary audience being women and maybe men of the secondary audience. Yeah. But what I, was, what I hoped to achieve with men is to say that, you know, the whole idea of gender equality, uh, female empowerment, you know, gender equity, it's not a war. It's not us against you. No. It's not a war of the sexes. It's a collaborative effort. Women cannot get where they want to get to in life without men. We're all in it together because you've got a daughter as well. You've got a sister. You've got female colleagues. You've got a wife. All these women in your life need your support. So it's important you know how to support them on that journey. So if we win, you win. You know, it's like all exactly. We all have to. We all have to be on the table at the table to make this work. And it goes for lots of things. You know, for women to climb in their career, we need men to sponsor. We need men to show up, rooting for them, mentoring them. So we need the men. And that's what I want them to take away from the book. That is a collaborative effort. It's not a war, one gender against the other. Great. So lady, listen to that. <laughs> buy the book. Leave it by the bed. Maybe your husband would be reading it. Surprise you buy it. I learned something from that. Okay, Jane, thank you so much for taking your busy schedule and to talk with us about your book and what's the takeaway, what would be the inspirational. 
um, thing that you would give all the women out there. And, and it's, it's such a great conversation. And and then I, I definitely really like how you define fearless. It really changed my perspective. And, you know, and I also love the fact that, you know, you're including both gender, right? So it's not a war, lady out there. We're not anti-men and we want to include them. We wanted to see how partnership work and that's what relationship should be. And I like the fact it's about self-acceptance. You know, you can't be perfect about everything. And again, you know, women, we are so hard on ourselves. So yeah. So thank you. And everybody, hopefully listen to this podcast and love you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Evie. Bye, Jane.